Welcome to BevCam's production of Conversation with Candidates. My name is John Mayos, your host for this segment, and today we'll be talking to Mike Cahill, who is a candidate for mayor. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for being you, with us. You know, to begin, if you could maybe just give viewers a two-minute opening statement and describe your personal self, education, family, career, anything you can Gosh. fit. Well, first, I want to thank you for having me and thank BevCamp for producing this, this series of, of conversations with the candidates. And yes, I'm running for the office of mayor. I'm also currently the mayor, so I'm actually running for re-election. Um, uh, I'm a Beverly native, grew up in, in Centerville uh, most of my childhood, and then my parents built a house in the Cove, went through the Beverly Public Schools, as did my five brothers. Um, when I got back from college, I started uh, a career in teaching. I taught for almost 10 years. Um, started getting um, interested in policy matters and, and decided to run for office. And I ran for and was elected Beverly State Representative mm -hmm. uh, for the first time in 1992. So I served in the legislature for 10 years. Um, uh, after leaving the legislature, I worked for the YMCA's for almost a decade, uh, running the state alliance of YMCA's. So working with all the Y's in the state, uh, working on uh, matters of statewide policy, statewide initiatives that the Y's run. Uh, one of the good things about that, uh, mm -hmm. other than it was a great job and it right. felt great to get up and go to work every day, uh, really uh, making a difference and helping people, uh, was that um, I was able to keep all my relationships very current and vibrant in, in and around state government and local governments, um, which has helped since I took office back in January a year and a half ago. I guess it's almost two years ago now. Um, so, it, it, you know, I, I ran for city council, served a term as city council president, uh, and took two runs at mayor, first time coming close, and then two years ago, uh, thanks to the voters of Beverly winning. And we've had a great, a great nearly two years, which I know we'll talk about over the next half hour. Well, in fact, I, I was going to ask you, what have you learned as your job as, uh, as being mayor over this mm -hmm. last term? Anything that surprised you? And, and how are you going to use that information going forward? No surprises. Um, some reinforcing. Uh -huh. uh, it was reinforced just how great the people of Beverly are. Um, just how many people are willing to be in there, kind of pitching, willing to be in there, pulling at the oars, trying to make good things happen for the community, and that really makes the job easier. It, yeah. It's great to, to have so much support, um, so many people with, with, with intelligence and, and talents and expertise, uh, really trying to make good things happen. Uh, one thing that, that uh, also was reinforced is just how important and necessary it is to be very hands-on when working process and projects and issues through state agencies. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, my, my experience in state government and the relationships that I built over 20 plus years have been very helpful to that end. Yeah. What do you think are your main uh, achievements, you know, main achievements over the first term? Mm -hmm. Sure. <clears throat> um, I went into office with a, a commitment to being open and collaborative mm -hmm. in how I work. Uh, in trying to, you know, invite people to the table and, and take advantage of the talents that that uh, reside in this community, that work in this community, and I think we've we've done well on both fronts there. Um, on uh, with with several significant projects, we've made great progress. The middle school project, um, one of the biggest things that we can accomplish in the city, we have beaten every timeline and we've saved money every step of the way, and and we now are at the point where both the city council and the mass school board, um, mass school building authorities. Board of Directors have both voted unanimously to support and to fund our project, and we're just a couple months away from uh, beginning uh, 
site work, beginning demolition on the existing memorial building and, and the construction of the new school on that site. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more, but... Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> what do you think the most pressing issues are for Beverly? <clears throat> we deliver high-quality services that people mm -hmm. need and count on. Mm -hmm. um, people at every, you know, at every point in their lives in Beverly, our, our, you know, our youngest kids in our school district, uh, to our seniors and, and the, the type of supports and needs they have to stay in their homes, uh, and, and the type of, uh, you know, enrichment opportunities that, that really make Beverly a great place to live. So delivering the services that people count on and need mm -hmm. is really the, it's job one of, mm -hmm. of local government. Uh, we're doing an outstanding job of it. We're managing the budget very carefully to ensure that we have that capacity, mm -hmm. however the economy ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. What would be the top of your agenda in January? Um, you know, as I said, when I took office, mm -hmm. I was focused on, you know, on really um, working together with the whole community. Um, I'd say continuing to... Um, seek out, promote, and facilitate mm -hmm. the right type of economic investment in our community uh, that's done in a way that, that maintains a balance, mm -hmm. um, you know, the balance that, that has always made this a community that people want to live in and raise a family in and spend a lifetime in, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the character of our neighborhoods, the vibrancy of our economic, mm -hmm. um, you know, business sector, um, the beauty in our parks and beaches and open spaces. And we've done a, a you know, good, good job on that front. Um, you know, we, in the last year and a half, we have put a permanent conservation restriction on the Norwood Pond uh, property, the land around the pond, the pond itself, so it can never be used for anything but, mm -hmm. you know, open space enjoyment. Um, we have, um, with help of some community preservation funds and a state grant that we secured, we purchased Camp Paradise, the, the old Girl mm -hmm. Scout uh, camp in Centerville, kind of at the corner of Cole, Foster, and, and the uh, railroad crossing there. Beautiful 12-acre property that our rec department is now managing for us and starting to program. Um, we took the Green Hill property in Rileside that was purchased with open space funds mm -hmm. 17, 18 years ago, but it kind of fallen down. And, mm -hmm. and, and when we reestablished trails and we cleaned it out and we, we really brought that neighborhood into the into the space, which is adjacent to the Ayers Rileside School, and now people are enjoying it very actively. Um, so I'm not sure I remember the question, but, you know, th there's... We're, <laughs> Top of your agenda in January. Yeah, you know, it, it's to continue to <clears throat> protect and preserve what mm -hmm. people love about Beverly while, um, while making sure that the economic investments, that the growth that's needed mm -hmm. to power... Um, you know, to, to fund the services people mm -hmm. care about happens. Uh, together with that, it's about, it's about managing the city's budget and getting a real strong handle on how it goes from year to year and not letting it grow beyond what we can support. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, we, there's a point where it's hard to wring out additional mm -hmm additional uh, economic growth and so we have to make sure that what is what we pay for the services we pay for which you know largely our city government is made up of people employees because we're about delivering services mm -hmm. uh, making sure that those costs are manageable now and going into the future it leads into my next question which is that we continually hear the phrase fiscal responsibility mm -hmm. what does that mean to you uh, what I just said I, you know, <laughs> it you know really we, does. We, we need to manage the city in a way that um, <clears throat> You know that that our costs, mm -hmm. our commitments, 
uh, going forward, our programmatic commitments, mm -hmm. our collectively bargained commitments, um, are all sustainable and manageable. And that's been a challenge mm -hmm. for you know local, municipal, state government at all levels throughout the country for mm -hmm. decades. So that's you know we're we're working hard to get that mm -hmm. uh, where it is sustainable. Uh, we're making significant significant investments annually, mm -hmm. and this is with your tax dollars in mind. You know we're making significant investments. Um, in paying down our unfunded pension liability, mm -hmm. a federal mandate to do so. And we're on schedule to do that by 2032. Mm -hmm. um, we have um, put money into a rainy day fund. We put $4.5 million in the last 22 months into a rainy day fund, building it up to about $5.5 million at this point, uh, with a couple of more fiscal years of being able to do so before we might ever have to draw a dollar mm -hmm. off of that to help with debt for the middle school, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, so. You know, and, and here's one other. Um, when, I, when I stepped into office, one of the things we found very quickly was that Beverly had uh, unpaid back property taxes going back, and still does, going back 20, 25 years. Um, but a real concentration of unpaid property taxes going back seven, eight, nine years. And we have taken steps to correct that. In the past several months, we've collected about $700,000 in back property taxes owed, and we're in process to go after several million more. Um, it's a difficult, you know, process to do, but, um, you know, people count on it. Most people pay their property taxes always on time. And so for, uh, you know, properties and property owners that have not been able to meet that or not met that, we're, you know, really trying to uh, demand accountability. And so we're bringing in significant additional funds that also will go into our rainy day fund. Mm -hmm. What do you think the most critical factors are in balancing the budget? And what are the leverage points? Um, you know, we've, we have um, added precious few positions in two years. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I created a chief of staff position, which has proven itself over and over again. It's just that, that, that need for, the, for residents and students and business owners and employees to, to have access to my office and mm -hmm. through city councilors or directly to the office to make sure that they get their concerns answered. Uh, we hired a, a director of grants last year uh, because Beverly is a community that uh, has significant need but doesn't access easy pots mm -hmm. of government money or, or, you know, or foundational money um, because of our demographics. We have significant needs, but we're not mm -hmm. of a scale mm -hmm. that other people point to us and say, here, here's some help with that. So we have to be nimble and, ag and aggressive and creative about mm -hmm. going after funding streams. Uh, we added three positions to the police department mm -hmm. uh, because we know that there's a need for, you know, for greater attention to public safety. Uh, in the downtown, out in the neighborhoods, on our roads, enforcing our laws. So we made investments there as well. A mm -hmm. um, couple of critical positions in public services that had been funded for years but were going unfilled. Mm -hmm. Directed the, the Commissioner of Public Services to fill them because we're, there's so much work we're trying to do. But mm -hmm. we, we are not going to add positions that aren't mm -hmm. critically important mm -hmm. to delivering services and or to... Um, staffing the kind of departments that can facilitate economic investment. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at the inspectional services department to make sure they have the resources they need so that people can, you know, if they do home improvements, if they uh, want to invest in, in developing a property, redeveloping a property, opening a business, that they get that, you know, they get that attention and they get the, um, the timeline they need. So, mm -hmm. you know, staffing is, is what city government's about, and we're looking very carefully and being very tight about um, but trying to be thoughtful and smart about where and how we invest as well. Uh, you asked about leverage points. Um, you know, since 
since most of the city budget, the largest part of it, is tied up in city and school employees, um, you know, we're, we're trying to be uh, fair-minded to all involved, the taxpayer, the citizen, uh, our municipal and school employees, uh, as we look at collectively bargained obligations, as we looked at health, look at health care and pensions and all that. And that's an ongoing day-in, day-out throughout the year effort. Well, you've already mentioned at least one, but what are the top two or three budget items for the city in the next few years? Well, the middle school, let's talk mm -hmm. about that for just a minute. Um, you know, my, my opponent's trying to make the campaign all about that. Mm -hmm. So let me just share a couple of, of facts. We are building a new middle school for grades 5 through 8. It will be for 1,400 students. Um, it's going to be an incredibly, um, an incredible resource for our community. It will increase property values. It will uh, continue to bring people to Beverly for our schools, which has become more and more the, the norm in recent years, particularly young families who look at our middle school in the day, you know, the, the opening of September 2018, and they look and say, well, we love Beverly's elementary schools, and by the time my kids are of middle school age, they'll have the new middle school. And so, you know, people are coming to this community for our schools. Um, the programs are great, the teachers are great, and now the buildings are catching up. Mm -hmm. We'll spend $60.8 million of city money for this school. The state will spend just about $49 million. Um, my opponent suggests we can't afford that. He's got a better idea. Unfortunately, when you look at that idea, if it was a better idea, we'd jump on it, but it's not. Um, in order to go into Memorial with pre-K and kindergarten like he wants, it would be a minimum of $12 million just to get in the door. And that's not dealing with longer-term uh, facility needs. Um, to build a, a seventh and eighth grade wing at the high school campus like he wants to do, would cost us likely $77 million or more and take close to a decade. Uh, and of that, and, and that's if we went through MSBA and got reimbursements, mm -hmm. in which case we'd spend about $44, 45000000 million. So you have that $44 million, call it, and $12 million, and you're up to 56. And now what you've done is, is you've built a, a, a building at the high school here for 7th and 8th graders and all the associated parking, and you've decimated the playing field. So now you've got to go build new playing fields off-site, and there's a cost there. Um, now you're going to be in Briscoe for, instead of the next three years or two and a half years, you're going to be in Briscoe for seven, eight, nine years, mm -hmm. and we've got to make significant investments in the infrastructure of Briscoe to be able to stay there. Not to mention that we're all in agreement that while Briscoe has served the city well for nearly 100 years, it's time. Mm -hmm. It's time. And keeping kids in, in Briscoe for nearly another decade just w wouldn't work for our community. That, that idea that my opponent has also would not solve overcrowding problems in the elementary schools. We've run the numbers. And to open McEwen up as an elementary again and put grades one through six, which is what he wants to do, in those six schools, we would be overcrowded from, from, you know, from day one. And we would eventually need to do probably multiple new um, additions on elementary schools, which would be another several years and, and another you know, tens of millions of dollars. Uh, we currently have our pre-K program and our school administration offices at the McEwen School. We would need to find a home for our roughly 30 central office employees of the school department, which would hundreds of thousands of dollars a year adding up into the millions. So, you know, if, if you look at all the, the, the price tags, mm -hmm. to do different from what we are doing would cost probably more than what we're doing now. And what we are doing is building a school that the Mass School Building Authority Board has unanimously supported this, and they've said again and again, mm -hmm. we're doing it the way every school district in the state should do it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's being done 
by incredibly expert people. We, there, there's a very prescribed process that the Mass School Building Authority f requires you undertake, and it's been tens of thousands of hours of professional time and volunteer time. We've looked at 10 different options. Three of them were renovation additions at Memorial. I know some people, you know, they bemoan the thought that we're going to tear Memorial down. All three of the renovation addition options, and I really was hoping one would work mm -hmm. because I wanted to save at least the auditorium, if not more, the building. Mm -hmm. All three of the renovation addition options at Memorial mm -hmm. cost more money than tearing down and building a new building. So that was, you know, that was the end of that conversation. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I should give you a chance to talk. <laughs> no, you're doing fine. I did want to talk about the pilot program, though. Uh, what are your views on pilot, which, of course, is payment in lieu of taxes for some of the nonprofit organizations mm -hmm. in Beverly? We, um, we work with our nonprofit organizations. Of course, you know, by law, by federal law, they are not required to pay anything. Uh, and so it's, it's a negotiation a good faith negotiation, a recognition that the city provides services. Um, and, you know, several of our nonprofits make payments to the city for different things. Um, and we continue to work at that mm -hmm. because, you know, in order for the city to be strong, our nonprofits need to, to thrive. And in order for the nonprofits to thrive, they need the city to thrive. It's really, mm -hmm. there's a symbiotic nature here. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we get lots of uh, cooperation and support from our nonprofits on some of the initiatives we've undertaken. Last year, last winter, we, um, um, we opened a, an emergency accommodation up at the airport for our uh, chronic homeless population. Um, and several of our corporate partners and some of our nonprofits participated in helping fund that. This past summer, mm -hmm. We ran, for the first time, a summer learning initiative. Again, there are communities that get a lot of state funds for this type of thing. We don't. So we set up a program this summer where 63 incoming first graders, Beverly kids, got six weeks of a summer program, three hours every morning of literacy, classroom, federal school lunch at lunchtime, and then three hours at the Y of a traditional summer camp experience. Mm -hmm. The Y was our lead partner on that. For example, and they they did a, they put a lot of in kind time into it, mm -hmm. and they paid staff to work with our you know, with our kids. Mm -hmm. um, almost every one of those 63 kids needed a bubble to go in the pool on day one. After six weeks, after 30 days straight of swimming, most of those kids were swimmers. On the literacy side, almost all of those kids had significant gains in their reading levels or their literacy level. They're still, you know, incoming first graders. You mm -hmm. have to test a little differently, but made great gains in the summer. At the same time, Endicott College provided um, um, education students who were about to enter their senior year and start their practicum in education as support in the classroom and funded those positions. So mm -hmm. just examples, um, you know, a number of our nonprofits are active in the community regularly with both in-kind and monetary contributions to what we do that, you know, that, that makes the city better. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about development for a while. What are your views on the overall need or potential need for development in Beverly mm -hmm. and as, the potential for development. Right. As I said earlier, um, you know, we, we have a capacity mm -hmm. to increase our budget each year through Proposition 2.5, through raising our property taxes within the, you know, within the um, borders of the law. Um, and, you know, Beverly, like many communities, has typically raise taxes to the amount the law, the, the law allows. And in mm -hmm. fact, in the 30 plus years of the law through I think half a dozen mayors, Beverly has raised property taxes to mm -hmm. that amount every year. Mm -hmm. um, we need to. Um, we need to deliver on the, on the services that people 
uh, count on. Uh, in addition to that, Beverly counts on a certain amount of new growth each year, new economic mm -hmm. investment. Um, so I've made a priority, excuse me, of making sure that that, that that growth is smart and really helps the city. Also facilitating the process. You know, we, we um, applied to the state last year to eliminate the restrictions on our waterfront, the designated port area. In less than a year, the state approved that. So at the same time, we move forward with new uh, rezoning for the waterfront. And we're now working hard to try to get uh, investment into the waterfront to redevelop it and, and add uses there and add value. Um, I've worked hard with uh, Beverly Main Streets and others in our downtown business community to make sure that our downtown thrives. You see the Cabot. I'm not going to take credit. There was a, a group of, of, of you know, very uh, entrepreneurial mm -hmm. uh, people who care about Beverly who came together, formed a nonprofit, and purchased the Cabot. They're doing great things. We're trying to help them at every step with process and permitting. Mm -hmm. uh, same with, um, with Atomic Cafe, moved across the mm -hmm. street on, on Cabot, doubled in size. Uh, A&B Burgers, you know, uh, going in at the old Bell Market. We worked very closely with them to make sure that they get the answers they need and get the, the uh, results they need quickly. Um, not everybody who comes before the city with a proposal mm -hmm. to develop something is going to get a yes because not every right. proposal is in the best interest of the city. But everybody deserves to understand how the process will work, what they'll need, and get answers quickly. So we mm -hmm. put a lot of attention on creating a project review team, uh, devoting our economic development um, planner to that effort, uh, our department heads as a whole to walk people through. It could be somebody opening their first business ever as a tenant. Mm -hmm. It could be a large corporation that knows how to and has done multiple redevelopments. Uh, whoever they are, if they want to sit with our project review team and get the answers up front, that, then that's what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, and the answers are, you know, what permits will you need? What boards and commissions will you need to go before? Um, will you need a traffic study? So, you know, they get the kind of the, the road map they're not guaranteed yeses because, again, that, that's, a, that's a community decision. Some, some are made in my office. Some are made by boards and commissions. Some are made by the city council. There's community input. Uh, but it's a real focus. We have a real focus on promoting smart economic investment and growth in our community. Okay. You mentioned the waterfront. How, what needs to be done to develop the waterfront and how high a priority should it be? Uh, it is a top priority. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you can have as many top priorities as you can you know, spend the time and the resources on. It is one of our top priorities. Um, and, um, you know, we've, we've put the city parcel, the McDonald's property, out in an RFP, mm -hmm. and we know that there are a couple of um, very credible uh, developers who have interest in it, and so we're hoping that, you know, by late fall we'll be able to, uh, to open those bids and, and award a contract. Mm -hmm. um, then there's the private property that's all been rezoned, and we've been talking with some of the private, private, private property owners about their parcel and what they might do in addition to what they're already doing. Uh, and, you know, so we're actively working on that part of it. It's mm -hmm. important. Route 128 and Brimble Avenue project. Yes. In retrospect, mm -hmm. what have you learned from how the project unfolded? Wow. Um, well, I mean, before I took office, there was a lot of, a mm -hmm. lot of process already take, had taken place. And if you remember, right after I took office, we had a citywide referendum election on, on whether to mm -hmm. uphold or overturn the city council's rezoning of the, of the piece of land to facilitate the swap. If you remember, state highway was going to exchange parcels of land with the CEA group. Mm -hmm. Eventually, the state decided we don't want to own a road 
built on a former landfill. So they told us in April of last year, go back and redesign the project mm -hmm. and do it in place. We're going to build the connector road and the roundabouts in the existing, you know, layout of the of the uh, existing connector road. So you know, we we were on a sprint all last year to get all that done uh, and get it out to bid. We awarded the bid. We've got a you know company in there building the roundabouts, reconstructing the connector road, improving Brimble and Sawyer, putting in a signalized um, light intersection at Herrick Street extension. You know, all of that work. Uh, it's been a challenge the last several months. We did not. Uh, we worked hard to make sure that everything was teed up the right way, and still uh, the utility work was delayed three months by by the utilities, mm -hmm. and so that has made it tougher for the general for the contractor to do the reconstruction work. But I think things are going a lot better now. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a period where nobody wanted to drive through that area, and a lot of us still had to. I live down the street from there. I had to drive up and down that stretch of road a couple times a day, typically. Uh, but now things are going better. Paving has been done. We're working really daily with the contractor to make sure that it's signed and striped in a way that's safe for people to move through. They're working hard to get the second roundabout complete, so both roundabouts will be done by winter. A lot of the curbing and sidewalk will be in, and we'll make sure that it's kind of wrapped up the right way for winter so it's safe throughout the winter and safe for plowing. And then they'll finish the job up in the spring. So that, you know, that's, that's our infrastructure project that is intended to make traffic flow more smoothly and safely through the whole corridor. Our time is almost up, but there's just a few more issues I wanted to touch mm -hmm. on. We maybe have a minute, two minutes to talk about. Mm -hmm. But the new police and fire station, the projects have been talked about for a number of years. Mm -hmm. How high a priority are they in your mind? And what, any options? In, in terms of, sure. A city like Beverly, 40,000 people, 150 miles of roadways, multiple mm -hmm. school buildings, multiple municipal, municipal buildings. We need to invest in our infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And any, any healthy, you know, entity like ours does, you invest, you service debt, you retire debt. Uh, you maintain. We have to maintain all our, all our assets better than maybe have been, been maintained in the past. Mm -hmm. We need a new police, police station. We'll do it as soon as we're done with the middle school. Mm -hmm. In other words, the middle school is affordable. We've put money away. We sold the McKay School and made nearly a million dollars on that. We have money set aside um, that's right now tied up we have, we're going to continue to do our own um, uh, dispatch of emergency mm -hmm. services, call taking and dispatch, whereas before the thought was we were going to go with this regional mm -hmm. uh, effort at the Sheriff's Department. We're going to keep it in-house because we do it better, and, and public safety is the most critical thing. Mm -hmm. You know, emergency calls, life-threatening situations, we can't afford to take a second-rate mm -hmm. um, service, so we're keeping it in-house. Mm -hmm. um, we're in some dispute with the Sheriff's Department over that, but there's money that will be freed up mm -hmm. in the next couple of years that we'll have going forward, over 650000 a year. So that'll be available to help, you know, deal with our own needs. We will build a police station as soon as we can afford to build it, and that's as soon as we're, you know, not done paying for the middle school, but as soon as we're into, uh, you know, into servicing that debt. Some of the debt from prior school projects falls off the books or is finished off, you finish paying it in the next couple of years. Police station, sometime in the next eight to ten years, we should be opening one. Okay. We'll, we'll be planning it and, and, and starting to construct it, hopefully sooner than that. And we'll be looking in, at the fire station needs as well. Two minutes, closing sure. statement. Um, well, I, I'd say this. Uh, it's been a quick 22 months <laughs> since I took office. Um, 
you know, we, we've moved the Rantoul Street 1A project forward. That's been, a, a, you know, a lot of work with the state. That's a $20 million project to improve Rantoul, the whole length of it from the Beverly-Salem Bridge down to Gloucester Crossing, left to the Dairy Queen. That project is now underway. The Brimbalab Phase 1 project is, is, will be completed in the spring. Um, the middle school project is on, on target. We will be opening it in time for September 2018. We've got an incredible team on board, our architect, our construction manager, top notch. Um, these projects are ongoing. We're just getting, you know, just getting and just hitting our stride with them. Uh, the schools are in great shape. Um, programmatically, we've got great education going on. Um, we are moving quickly and effectively at revitalizing the downtown. The waterfront's about to open up. We've made the key, taken the key steps in removing the restrictions, the state restrictions, and rezoning, and we're working to get those uh, moving. Um, there's always more to do. I'm excited about it. Mm -hmm. People put their confidence in me two years ago. Um, we've tried to listen, tried to be responsive, tried to engage the public every way that they, uh, they want to be engaged. We have delivered on some things in addition to what I just said. Um, when I ran for mayor twice, I heard a lot about the conditions of roads and sidewalks. I heard a lot about the lack of quality bathrooms at Lynch Park, Dane Street, and Obeer. We've got a new bathhouse at Lynch Park new bathrooms inside the existing facility at Dane Street, a new bathhouse at Obeer. We're improving roads and sidewalks all over the city, and we're doing it in a way that's sustainable. You know, we and I, I, I tell you, I can't wait to be at Lynch Park again for the summer. I, I'm excited for it. It's about all the time we have, and I'd truly like to thank you. Uh, John, I want to make sure I ask people <laughs> to vote for me. The election's in just a couple weeks, yeah. Tuesday, November 3rd, and I'd be grateful and, and, and appreciative and humbled by continued support of the Beverly voters. We'd like to thank our guest, Mike Cahill, who's running for mayor of the city of Beverly. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, My John. name is John Mayos, and on behalf of BevCam, thanks for joining us.